Hi, and welcome to the Fempire Podcast, where we talk about the latest happenings in tech and feature awesome things happening with women in tech. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Fempire Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. This is a podcast where we talk about all cool things happening with women in tech and tech in general. So my name is Tracy. You can follow me on Twitter at Lady Leap, and I have a few other amazing co-hosts today. Uh, hi, I'm Katarina, and uh, I'm a software engineer at Thoughts, and you can follow me on Twitter at CyberCity. Hi, my name is Eva, and I'm operations manager at Thistot, and you can follow me on Twitter at Eva Howe. Hi, I'm Sophie. I work for marketing for Thistot, and you can follow me on Oxymoron Baby in Twitter. Hi, I'm Tanizi. Um, my Twitter handle is TanisiJ5. I work in marketing also uh, at this dot. Hey, I'm Kate. This is my first official podcast. Um, I'm a, a learning web developer, and my Twitter is Kate. Or, oh, wait, what is it? It's zero to coder. Doc, zero to coder. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Kate. We're really excited to have you uh, and everyone else, of course. So um, again, a little bit about this podcast is the exciting things happening with women in tech and other amazing things in tech. So if you want us to feature something or you get excited about a different topic, feel free to message us on Twitter at any given point in time and we'd be super happy to do so. Awesome. So, so for upcoming events, uh, we have a modern day, I'm sorry, modern web bay event on March 26th uh, at 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. And then we also have a this.javascript event. And this time the topic is state of testing. And that's April 3rd um, at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And Kate, you have some events you want to talk about? Yeah, so I'm um, co-organizing the Google Developer Group Triangle uh, meetups for this year. And we had our first event of the year, um, DevFest, last month, and it was awesome. We had a huge turnout. And so this, this like the first official Women Tech Makers quarterly um, Google Developer, Developer Group meetup is going to be April 3rd at Smashing Boxes in, uh, downtown, in downtown Durham at 6 p.m. So um, you can find us on meetup.com and we'd love to have you. We've got a couple of really awesome speakers and I think we're getting um, one more. So we'll hopefully have three really awesome speakers for you and hope to see you there. And I'm very, very excited because uh, the Women Tech Makers Summit is happening for the first time in Athens. So it, usually it happens in Greece, it happens in Thessaloniki because the organizer is from there. But this year it's ha happening in Athens for the first time ever. And I'm going to go, of course. And it's on the 30th of March. So I can't wait it in two weeks. And we'll make sure to put um, links so you can find more information. And of course, you can always find more information about these events on our Twitters. And uh, yeah, so looking for that, you'll see the information in the description. And I think next up we have uh, Sophie, who's going to be talking about new releases and cool technologies in the world. Yeah, I actually thought uh, it was Katarina going to talk about the dark mode. <laughs> That's 
right. Go ahead, Katerina. So uh, a new and exciting thing that's going on for web developers is that uh, the dark mode is going to be released on the web. Uh, so it will be sort of a new standard, and it's going to be accessed via media query, and web developers will be able to develop a dark mode for their websites. So it's still in development and in drafting mode, and we'll post the draft if you want to see it in the end. And it's going to be a very exciting thing because it's going to be, you know, how you have dark modes already on some applications and some websites. Now you can have it on any website and choose to do it or not. And that's it. And I'll um, I like to add to that that I've I've seen people talking about it. Um, and tweeting about it and some people were complaining about um, having some trouble like uh, trying the dark mode but seeing icons dark which makes no sense but uh, I've seen a team talking about uh, that's not how it's supposed to be and they are fixing it so if you're trying it just give the guy some time and the girl some time <laughs> but I, I actually love it do you guys like more uh, dark team or light team? I like dark. Yeah, me too. I think I prefer light generally in applications. On my ID, of course, I prefer the dark, but I think on applications, I prefer the light thing. Yeah, I think I agree too. I feel like I have my screen a little bit darker as it is. And so when things are kind of extra dark I'm like squinting to figure it out I wonder now that I'm saying that if there's like any accessibility concern with kind of having that mode too is do you uh, think yeah. yes there is so yeah whoever decides to to develop on a dark web mode they they will have to take care of accessibility of the colors of the contrast and everything so yeah yeah I've read is is better uh, for people like that have uh, trouble, like headaches, that kind of problems, but it actually consumes more power. So you can ha you can have everything, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't care either way. I think, but I think it's just what you get used to and what your eyes. Supposedly, dark mode is better for your eyes, right? I think I heard that somewhere, but I see some nods. <laughs> <laughs> well cool everyone make sure to check out dark mode on the web um and next up we're going to be talking about amazing women doing amazing things and our vampire of the month uh so again i'll have to mention one of uh my fellow co-organizers of the angular Athens team lena leku uh, Lena is very, very active in a lot of communities in Athens. Uh, she organizes Angular Athens. She also organizes the gamification meetup in Athens. And she's very involved with a lot of women communities and women in technology communities in Athens. And she's always trying to be very active, engage women, and uh, give back to them. So yeah, I, I want to mention her. And I'll have her Twitter afterwards, her Twitter handle in the end, so that you can follow her and see what she's up to. 
That's awesome. I love to see amazing women in tech doing amazing things. I'd like to bring up Katherine Parsons. So Katherine Parsons, you can follow her on Twitter at Katherine Parsons. And she's the founder of Decoded, and that's Decoded Co. on Twitter. And this is a London-based tech startup, which aims at increasing digital literacy, which is something really, really important in this day and age. So you can check out decoded.com for more information there. And I have something too. Um, Jen Looper, the organizer of Ubixens um, that uh, we talked at the last podcast, is um, she's selling at her Etsy store uh, trading cards about heroines of JavaScript. That's the name. So you can buy. I'm go I'm going to put the link, of course, in the description later. Um, you can buy its cards. I personally love uh, putting a design things on my computer. I think I like to like. There are, these are not a stickers, but I try to put it on my <laughs> on my laptop. So you have important girls, um, and these are not photos or designs. I don't know who did it. They're really cute. Yeah, it was one of your. Um, it was one of your friends. I. I forgot her name, but she first at first did uh, Diana Rodriguez's. So they're really cool, and maybe that's actually the next inspiration that these JavaScript trading cards would actually become a sticker pack. That would be a really, really good recommendation. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. Um, I think we have next is our tech-focused uh, female initiatives. And I was going to talk first about um, One Million to Tech, and they are at 1MWTT on Twitter. And they are a global online technology education program for women. And their mission is to offer free coding education um, to women in general and hopefully to reach 1 million women by January 1st, 2020. Uh, they're run by an educational nonprofit called ABC Education and Equal World, which are women-owned um, and mission-driven a start a social enterprise startup. Um, and their website, you can find more information at one as in the number millionwomenoftech.com. Tanisi, do you want to go next? Yeah, um, I found Diversified Tech, and we actually talked about the um, the person who's in charge of that in our previous episode, Vinny Kunchi. But Diversified Tech, it's a collection of resources for under uh, underrepresented people in tech. So it's not just a uh, woman focus; it's you know diversity and inclusion. Um, still, but it's a once a, once a week they send out uh, upcoming conference scholarships, events, education scholarships, job opportunities, and more. And it was it's a really cool initiative that they have. Um, you can find more on the website diversifiedtech.co. Thank you. So um, I haven't met anyone new in tech. Have you girls? Any new girls? Uh, for me, I have. So um, last night I was talking to people on Twitter and there was somebody asking me about, hey, you know, what are some interesting people? So Kate chimed in and said, oh, you should feature my husband, Jared. He's a hacker, which is totally awesome. Um, and um, so the person I found was Donna. Donna was actually one of the most active people on this. 
And um, she was, it's uh, Dr. Donna Mylary. And you can follow her on Twitter at Lindy Donna. She's a product manager and does, uh, she's a product manager of serverless at Google. And she had a lot of really amazing recommendations. Two recommendations that stood out to me were Stephanie. I know Stephanie from, uh, I, we met last year at Microsoft Build. And uh, she founded her own company. And she's been teaching a lot of people on how to build sales relationships, which is super awesome. And she's also the spec editor of a standard. And she's the founder of a company called Binomial. Another person that Donna recommended was Erica Windish. And she is the CTO of a company called IO Pipes. She's also a founder and a mom. And she used to be a maintainer of Docker as well and OpenStack. And she's pretty heavily involved in the AWS server community. So three amazing women for you all to definitely check out. Uh, so up next, we have the, our monthly advice for women getting started in tech. And I think this time, Tracy has some tips for us. Yes, and everybody can feel free to chime in. Um, interviewing tips is something that I think a lot of people are interested and excited about. So I was speaking to one of our apprentices about interviewing, and she was so concerned about preparing for an interview, a, a code interview, her first code interview. and you know, she's studying up on, on all these questions they might ask, like, what's the difference between Latin cons? What's this? What's that? Oh my gosh, what are they going to do? Are they going to have any whiteboard things? You know, we all, we all kind of go through that. And, um, one of the, you know, one of our team members, uh, who's a, who's now a designer on our team was really amazing because when he interviewed the, what he did was he just showed up. I said, okay, Hey, let, let's talk through this project. I want you to work on this project. And he showed up and basically completed the entire project. And that was the interview. We walked through that instead of anything. So it was kind of like, well, of course I'm going to hire you because you literally did all the work. So that's actually quite interesting. You know, if you're going to an interview and let's say it's an interview for ring or creating a, you know, component library for X the best way to show that, hey, I'm valuable and you should hire me is probably to just get started on thinking through that project or getting a little bit through anyways or having an outline of how you do it. I think if you do that and you don't pass, you know, some of the questions like what's the difference between lead and cost, for example, um, you'll still have, you know, sort of saving grace. Does anybody else have any advice for interviewing? <laughs> So Tracy, since I'm like new to the whole development world and I've actually never had like a technical interview, what what's the amount of kind of importance would so say like a company or say you're looking for like a junior level developer, what's the percentage of like technical skills versus personality fit versus like uh, maybe they've like ran projects in the past that aren't like, you know, technically related, but are similar. And like, so the skill sets there, like, what does that look for you, you for both? Like as someone who's like, you know, been in this industry and also like as a hiring company. Yeah, that's actually quite an interesting question because mm -hmm. myself and Rob, uh, another person on our team, we're actually having this conversation yesterday. Uh, as we're going through the apprentice program and talking to, um, you know, talking to companies who want to hire apprentices, they're asking, hey, what is your vetting process? And so I was thinking, well, you know, I think I know, but maybe I don't. So I asked Rob yesterday and, you know, it's, it's, 
it's, is it the right personality fit? Right. It's, it's, so it's different for juniors, seniors, um, mids, but in terms of a junior level developer, we're checking for just basic technical competency. You know, uh, do you know GitHub? Do you do you, what editor to you, do you use? Um, do you understand basic, basic things about development in general? And also, are you the right fit? So are you willing to learn? Are you eager? Are you wanting to be trained? Um, can you do that? Right? Like, are you hungry to actually learn? Uh, let me think about any of the other ones that we thought about. You know, a, a good one that I had thought, um, so my husband has been hiring, he led a huge team and hired constantly back in California. And I asked him, like, what is the most kind of important thing that sticks out to you when you're looking for a candidate? And he was saying it's their troubleshooting skills. Like he likes to to kind of get in their head and say, like, like, here's the problem or whatever. Like, how would you go about solving it? Because, you know, I have noticed frequently that a lot of the like issue resolving is just how you troubleshoot it, right? It's like, how well can you research what you're looking for in order to get to your solution? So I just, I find that's like, like kind of difficult to do in like, you know, an hour long interview, like how someone does that. But I guess if you do it enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the way we go through it. So you actually see this with, you know, whether you're hiring a mid-level, a junior or a, um, a senior developer, it's a very good question. A lot of senior level developers, you know, they look good on paper. And, you know, maybe they did a code exercise and it looks good. But then when you start walking them through the code or asking them about, you know, how to debug something, they get really stuck. So really good practice, actually, just I think in general as a developer is to kind of be able to, you know how a lot of times you can do things, but you can't explain them. You're like, okay, give me a second. Let me go into a hole and like, okay, in an hour, okay, I got it fixed. But instead of kind of being able to like write down your steps, this is why blogging, I think, is really important. Because if you blog, I mean, when I was starting development, every time I learned something, I would write it down in a blog, mainly as a reference point for myself. I'm sure Katarina also has this kind of uh, experience. Um, yeah, or make a talk about it or something. <laughs> right, like make a talk about it, and then all of a sudden you understand it better. So in essence, uh, you know, if Jared's looking for troubleshooting, I think he's also looking for people who are kind of good at teaching in a sense as well. And, you know, as a junior developer, you can still be a teacher. Um, but like talking through those things, talking through your code in general. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Those are my tips. Does anybody else have any other tips? Um, uh, yeah. so one of my tips is that uh, what I really saw in myself changing was uh, actually studying. So, of course, it's... Uh, is what you got in your mind and how quick you are and how smart you may be at solving things, but also study because I, when changing jobs, I, I, was, I would always uh, go through a lot of interviews. I would just interview with companies to see what, the com what companies want, what the market looks for. So I would usually make like five interviews just for it. And uh, by studying for these interviews, uh, really made me a better developer because I, I might by going deep into the documentation, for example, or by studying JavaScript over and over again, I found out new things all the time. And I understood that I became a better developer by just studying again. 
something that I think it's important too is um, some someone who actually uh, does interview technical interviews once told me that interviews are something that you learn to do. So it's good to go to a lot of interviews as a practice. So you you are not so nervous every time. And I I have um, I have applied to a lot of jobs that maybe are not so important to me just to go to the interview to to practice to the big one. So when when a big one that you re really care about comes, you're not so nervous. And also another thing is that you can ask the interviewer, you can ask questions to the interviewer. Like, can you give me some feedback at the end? Um, and I think that really, really helped me. I was also gonna say I'm not technical, but from a non-technical perspective um, in a technical field, just I think showing some knowledge of what the company is doing, even if you're not gonna work on, on their stuff specifically is really important. Um, I also feel like there is etiquette involved that a lot of people don't follow um, and I, I think that that's also important. Send a thank you note afterwards. Tracy's always talking about following up, like follow up, but be nice. Don't be annoying. Um, you know, double check your emails, make sure that there's no spelling mistakes, make sure that your grammar is correct. Like just all of those little things that make you come off as more polished and professional. Um, and as someone who cares about this, this interview and this job, for sure. I mean, Tanisi, actually, we were staying in Atlanta and she she wrote handwritten letters for everybody that we, you know, we kind of did an informal interview with her for dinner and she dropped them off and we were like, oh, my God, like, you know, she cares. This is awesome. So that was amazing. Um, th same thing for a follow up. Right. So, you, you know, when Eve and I first started talking about working together, um, I think like your, you know, Alex, your husband introduced us. And then I got busy and then you followed up and then he followed up and then, you know, finally it all worked out. So this is the same thing with one of our apprentices, Katie, you know, like I didn't have time for her. She didn't have, you know, we didn't have the right position. And then all of a sudden when we did like Katie's on my mind because I've talked to her like five times in email, you know, so she was the first person I thought about. And if you can get somebody else to do the follow-up, that's also really awesome. I admit that I made Alex send you another message because I was like, Tracy doesn't need to hear from me again, but she should hear from you. <laughs> yes, very much so. I mean, we were interviewing, um, you know, I, I, we were just interviewing a mid-level developer and, uh, you know, he, he, I mean, he was fine, but we were like, okay, you know, we didn't, we didn't really have, you know, space for him at that time. And then, you know, he had somebody else that, you know, I respect follow up and say, Hey, this person has done good work for me. And I was like, Oh man, can we make, can we make room for him somewhere? You know, in the end we couldn't make room for him, but like, for sure he's on the top of my mind now, you know, and it's been a month and he's still on the top of my mind because I'm thinking, Hey, you know, when I'm, when I'm ready, actually, I just talked to him via email yesterday um, and talked to him about another project. So yeah, follow up is everything. You know, you're not, you're definitely not being annoying. Cool. That was such a good conversation. Um, maybe we should move on to the next segment. Yeah, I mean, those are really great interview tips. I mean, you know, whatever you can do to get the job, right? <laughs> um, so something funny, something random. Anybody want to share? Kat, what's going on in uh, Greece? 
Yeah, so in Greece, uh, the Lent just started. The Lent is the 40-day period for, I think it's for all Christians, I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, you're not supposed to eat meat or anything that comes from, uh, like you become sort of a vegetarian or a vegan for 40 days if you're religious, uh, which I'm not, but still, uh, it's the tradition that on the first day of the land, which was this Monday that passed in Greece, you have to eat seafood. So I hate seafood, I cannot eat seafood. So I was with all of my friends and they were eating all these calamaris and seafood things and seafood was going all around me and I was so freaked out. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> well, yeah, I know like a lot of people that uh, like to, do the or who participate in Lent, but they're not religious at all. They'll just, you know, abstain from whatever for like 40 days. So yeah, yeah. it's like a good practice. Uh, well, I just wanted to remind everybody that Game of Thrones starts April 14th, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard. I don't know what you guys will be doing, but I know what I will be doing. Um, yeah, we should have a podcast that's like Game of Thrones. I'm open to it. <laughs> Okay. I, um, you know, I started watching the show a little late, but I'm here, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't okay. have any predictions because I'm just like, I mean, I don't know. Everybody dies in the show, so whatever. Oh, <laughs> but yes, yeah, April 14th. I'm so, I'm so excited, too. I actually thought it was a good idea to do a rewatch. And I started doing it, and then I remembered how long it is. I think it was not a good decision. Yeah. <laughs> the first episode is 54 minutes long. And, you know, like all the blogs have been reporting that each episode is like a movie. So Yeah. yeah. It's good. We used to, I used to work at Apple and we used to have Game of Thrones viewing parties. Mm -hmm. Like there would be, everyone would just like after work go and watch. And it was awesome. So fun. That's so funny. So I'll I'll share a little random tidbit, which was uh which was fun. And you know, Kate, this is in your area, so if you want to do this too. So I went to an interior design show the other day, and you know, you sign up for all these things, right? Like win money at Home Depot, win money at Lowe's, whatever. And I signed up for this thing, and this guy calls me. He's like, "Congratulations, you want a dinner? I'm going to come and cook dinner for you at your house." And I thought, "Hey, this sounds really awesome. Sure, this is great, right?" And so he came over and, you know, he started cooking us dinner. But of course, he was actually trying to sell us um, pots and pans as well. And it's this thing called Salad Master. And, you know, it's all about like eating healthy. So the whole idea is like, okay, you can cook without oil. You can eat healthy. Um, these are this, um, like, I don't remember what it's called, like some sort of specific stainless steel that they use surgically. So it's better for you and metals don't leach out, et cetera, et cetera. So he was trying to sell this whole lifestyle and you know, the food was fine um, and it was healthy. So he did a lot of vegetables and, you know, cooked all these vegetables and everything like that. Um, the, the pans themselves are a thousand dollars each. So he was selling at, he was like, Hey, you know, there's a $6,000. Well, actually there's a $20,000 package. There's a $10,000 package. There's a $6,000 package. And then finally, when we don't want to buy any, we were like, okay, he's like, Oh, well there's a $3,000 package. I'm thinking, you know, $20,000 is like a down payment on a cheap house, right? Like I'm not going to go spend even six, I'm not going to spend $6,000 right now. Um, 
But uh, what I ended up doing, the funny part that I thought is I, I ended up basically taking all the leftover vegetables and the next morning I mixed them up with cornmeal and flour and cream and made fritters out of them. So as much as you wanted me to eat healthy, <laughs> they were delicious fritters. That's my story and funny, funny or random thing this week. Well, there was. I was <laughs> on the flip side of that, my best friend is doing keto at the moment and she convinced me to do it with her. And I am on week three of like practically no carbs. Um, and it is making me very sad. <laughs> Don't you feel good though? I do keto too. And I lost like 10 pounds in four weeks and I feel awesome. Like so I feel really, like I'm on crackle. This is actually what makes me mad. I really haven't lost any weight. And I am cooking around the clock, it feels like. We have, my my goal was to eat more vegetables because I feel like we just don't eat enough vegetables. Yeah. We've got young kids and they won't touch them. And so I just give up. Um, so I have definitely eaten more vegetables, but I haven't lost any weight. And I just feel like if I am doing this so religiously, I should at least be skinny. Yeah, yeah, right. Then, then it's worth it, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. But if you're not losing weight, then I'm kind of like, what? what's the yeah. point? <laughs> let's talk offline because i'm okay. trying to figure out like why you wouldn't lose weight that's interesting yeah i agree <laughs> because she's so healthy as it is maybe maybe you don't have the weight to lose oh, oh i do <laughs> anyone else have anything random to share all right So I think next up we have sponsors. That's me, sponsors. So sorry, I was thinking about keto and not paying attention to sponsors. So we have two sponsors for this podcast. The first one is NStudio. Um, they are sponsoring us. And thank you so much for supporting the Fempire this week. And also this.labs, which is the company that a lot of us work for. So you should definitely hire us for consulting. You would be doing a wonderful favor for yourself. You would get fantastic developers and you would get to have some diversity because you would hire lots of women. So please hire us. Well, cool deal. So this is the end of our Empire podcast. Thanks everyone for joining us. You can follow us on Twitter at this.media. That's T-H-I-S-D-O-T-M-E-D-I-A. We have amazing things. For example, if you're looking for supporting women in tech, or anything like that, or looking for female speakers, you can actually go to github.com slash vampire. There's a pretty large curated list there. Um, again, reach out to any of us on Twitter. We're super happy to chat and say hi, and thank you again for listening. Thank you for listening to the Vampire Podcast. Find us on our website at www.thisdot.co and follow us on Twitter at this.media.